This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, I think we, uh, everyone can thank us for news on the Kentucky basketball front because we kind of made it happen, right, by recording an episode saying that things are quiet. We did. Yeah, we set, set it in motion. And we just waited about 25 more minutes. We uh, probably could have scrapped the whole episode. <laughs> and just use today's episode, Monday's episode uh, on Kelly Grady, Sean, who the first big domino in terms of incoming guys in the transfer portal. Uh, my opinion, I don't know if I said this on the show. I think I definitely said it to you the second I saw him go in the portal. I thought in terms of who is in the portal right now at guard, he was the best guard UK could have uh, landed. And John Calipari finished that one off. And a shout out, I just read a, uh, Kyle Tucker's story on The Athletic, apparently Bruiser Flint was his lead recruiter, at least making initial contact before Cal Perry came in and took over. So a good job by those guys, but this is uh, big news for sure. Priority number one out of all the guys in the transfer portal. I think it was a mailbag question the other day, and we talked about it, and I, I prioritized Grady over everyone just because of the things that he does. And when you look at a guy, Derek, that has scored over 2,000 points, I think maybe – I think it was inside of 600 points from Stephen Curry's Davidson record there. I mean, anytime you're doing that, which Curry, we know what he did there. But anyone that can do what this kid did for four years against really good competition at times. I mean, I I said it the other day. I can't remember the exact number of times that he scored 20 points, but I, I know I said it on Friday. It was a high number in the last two seasons. He's literally what Kentucky was missing this season. Is he enough? To get it back to elite, you know, level basketball, I don't know because I want to still see what they do with point guard play. But it's the step in the right direction, Derek, that you texted me earlier and we were talking about it being an upgrade from what they did have this year on the roster significantly. Isn't it crazy? It's nuts. I really like, believe that. I mean, like, you know, you know, B.J. Boston might be more what the NBA is looking for but in terms of a college productive guard. Grady is no question an upgrade over B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark. I mean, honestly, anybody on the roster, I guess I shouldn't just single those guys out. He would have been by far probably Kentucky's best guard on the roster. Um, On Ken Palm, he does – this technology has similar profiles for players. And this is just a mark of the consistency of Kellen Grady's Davidson career. His profile this year, his similar is Kellen Grady from last year. So he has been so consistent throughout his four-year career, and he played no in the, in, in the Atlantic 10. 
it's not a power conference, but it's a good league. I mean, you had Dayton last year. A lot of people thought would have been a Final Four favorite at the tournament when played last year. They played in that league. Of course, you got, you know, VCU, St. Bonaventure, some other schools. Richmond this year, who beat Kentucky, was an A-10 team. Um, but just these numbers, Sean, his freshman year, 18 points on 50% shooting. His sophomore year, 17.3 points, 45% shooter. Junior year, 17.2 points. <laughs> 46% shooter, and then this year, 17.1 points, 47% shooting. I mean, just so consistent. Three-point is about the same. I won't run through it all, but right around that 37 to 38 mark most years in his career. So he's old as well. I believe he's 20, 22 or 23 years old. Like This is a guy that will, he will have an adjustment, yes, to playing high-level SEC basketball, not in and not out, and then, of course, whoever else UK plays non-conference. But – you can take away some of that unknowns you get from high school type prospects. Like this guy is going to be reliable for you. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, just screams consistency. The stats that you were reading. Uh, this is a kid that shouldn't say a kid. I mean, he's pretty much, <laughs> he's gone through four years. He's going to be uh, one of the oldest players in the SEC. He'll probably just going off right now, unless something happens to Davion Mintz, he'll be the oldest one on the UK roster unless they add someone else, but just getting his skill set. It goes back into what I've said for a couple of days now, that I'm not as concerned about John Calipari kind of spicing things up when it comes to style of play. I mean, I do want to see him go away from the three big lineup, but this is the kind of guy that helps you, Derek. It, it helps a guy like Oscar Shubway with spacing, you get a guy who can shoot it from three-point range. You know he's a big-time scorer. He's going to have big nights at UK. He's got collegiate experience, which is something else that we've talked about. It's an A-plus on the grading scale when it comes to what Kentucky could have done in the transfer portal. And I think it really sets up a chance to get back to another really good year. I really think that this move, along with Shoeboy, I think those are two huge improvements to a roster that needed significant improvement. And we're not even talking about the guys that are returning, the incoming freshmen, who else they add. Just those two names alone alone are a huge, huge upgrade. I think so, too. Um, I like – I mean, it's, let's look at it this way, I guess. Grady and Allen are going to be – that tandem is better than in tandem on this year's roster. And then who knows what Mintz is going to do. He's a guy that, – that's, that's kind of where I stand at right now. Grady and Allen, I think you can count on being good outside shooters. It still feels like they need more. Would you agree? They do. You got to get at least a couple more. I mean, at least one more. And and I would actually put, I think if Mintz comes back, I'm comfortable with Mintz's outside shooting ability. He was a little streaky, but, you know, it is what it is. He's someone I, I don't really view shooting as a question mark with him, I guess, compared to some guys. And I'll say this, too. I mean, Devin Askew. He didn't really prove that he was lights out as a shooter, but I also didn't watch him and just think, oh, well, there's no way this kid will ever be able to knock down threes. Like, I think he could be okay. I just think his role is a little bit remains to be seen right now. But I don't know who that will be. I mean, I saw a tweet today that from Jeff Borzello. Sean, you've been saying 1,400, right, for the transfer portal? That's where yeah. you set the old record. He, he was saying today he thinks around 1,700 will be the number that it'll get to. Wow. So who knows who else is going to go into the portal. I think Grady made sense no matter what. You move on him quick. They did. They got that done. 
So now you got one piece of the back. I mean, that's a, that's an instant starter right there. You can go ahead and pencil him in with Shibway and. Um, yeah, he's not coming to Kentucky to come off the bench. Right. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's. I mean, he'd be one of their best players probably. I mean, in terms of touching the ball, taking shots, he's going to be a high priority on this team, no question about it. And I'd say you know Shibway is a lock as well at center, and then. That might be it for me right now, though. I kind of want to see who else is going to be there. I mean, I think it depends. If he's convinced that Collins needs to play with Sheboy, then I guess he'll start too. But I don't know that that's a lock right now just because, I mean, at, at this time when we're talking right now on March 29th, like, I don't expect it to happen. But, like, technically Isaiah Jackson could still come back. Keon could still come back. Um, Those are guys who I'd probably put up for before – Collins, but I don't know what Cal will do. But I know Grady was a good addition. Uh, so now we're looking at probably another wing, I, I would say. Um, I, and I don't know who that's going to be, honestly. I don't know that. I don't know that there's anyone in the portal right now that makes as much. Uh, Justin Powell does, well, uh, but I don't really know where things stand with him right now. So we'll see who else goes in. I mean, you, you just had a couple teams get beat out last night, and then on Saturday as well, and just kids in general who maybe their teams have already lost or kind of weighing their options. I don't really know where they're going to go from here. I just know that this is a really good start. Kentucky fans can start dreaming of a lineup that has Kellen Grady and Dante Allen on the perimeter, right? At the same time, you're talking about, you're talking about two dudes that can flat out stroke it. Uh, With the addition of Oscar Shubway too, as a post threat. I mean, I'm really just one simple move like today starts to get my mind thinking that they can get this thing turned around pretty quickly and be a legit contender next year, depending on how they piece out the remaining pieces of the roster. But we, I think we thought Derek, now when we said, when we recorded the episode earlier today, talking about how quiet it was, the one thing that I think we can all say is I don't think that we knew that Grady would be pursued but I don't think no one knew that it was a done deal and signed. Like this recruitment happened yeah. with kind of with no one known about it, the same way that Nolan Hickman's did. Like we didn't get any – we didn't know anything about a Zoom meeting with Grady. We didn't know anything about conversations other than Kentucky obviously reached out, and he signed. This wasn't just a, a commitment announcement. It was a signature. Like That's UK officially point. announced it. So here's the thing, like, it's been quiet, but is John Calipari and his staff just kind of wreaking havoc quietly with no one getting any word of information? Like, who? what comes next? Like, we thought, I thought personally that Davion Mintz would have to make a decision before this happened. Yeah. But it didn't. Same thing with Keon Brooks. We were kind of waiting on those decisions, I think, before we had additions, but this just goes to show you that, you know, John Calipari can still strike when you think he can't. For sure. And, you know, it also shows UK can still be an appealing place. I mean, for a guy like, I think initially it was reported that, who was it, Sean? Virginia, Gonzaga, a couple other good programs with some good off. Well, I guess Virginia is not necessarily known as an elite offensive team usually, more so their defense. Um, but they're a good offensive team too. I feel like I'm forgetting Villanova, right? I think Villanova was a team that was linked with him. Teams that have been known to, you know, score the ball pretty well over the past few years. And for Cal to move in quick and tell him he was going to be a prominent piece to this team, I mean, he jumped on that opportunity. Yeah, he went in the portal 
a Monday, I think, something like that. It's been like something like a week. So yes, yeah, so this one moved very quick. And it's one of those things too that it's very encouraging when you look at who it is, not just who it is, but what it is. It's it's a shooter. It's a skilled player, Derek. The things that we've been talking about that John Calipari needs to pursue, he got it done in the first one that he added, which is a very good encouraging thing moving forward. Who's the second piece? Uh, I You mentioned another wing. I think they're going to have to add a point guard, right? Well, yeah, I would say yes. I think they should. I just think, again, I've said on here before, I just don't see a transfer point guard, Mets, Askew, and Hickenall being on the roster. That's just, I guess, what I'll say about that. Something's got to give there. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. It just feels like that that might be the next piece. Um, but th- this is a big one. This is huge. Oh, yeah. it, it's massive. You're talking a kid who he he knows what it's like to play an NCAA tournament. Obviously, he played against Kentucky out there four seasons ago. So we can. You, some of you might go back on YouTube and find that game against Davidson and go back and look. Because uh, I don't think any of us sitting there ever thought that Kellen Grady would be a Kentucky Wildcat. No. Uh, this is a guy who got a shout-out from Stephen Curry when he scored 2,000 points in his Davidson career. And you're getting a big-time score if you're listening to this episode and you're a Kentucky fan. That's what you're getting. And it's it's a big addition via the transfer portal, immediately eligible, regardless of what the rule is with the one-time transfer rule, Derek, because he's a grad transfer. Um Big time, big time job by John Calipari and his staff to one keep it quiet and keep it under wraps, which it's not easy to do even in times like this for that stuff to leak out. But it didn't kind of get out there until maybe what what ten minutes before he, they announced it. Yeah, I mean this was basically done. Yeah, I mean, some people. I mean, when I first saw it, it was UK announcing it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you and, called and me. Reporter. The reporters who were reporting it, I mean, they were using, you know, via press release, <laughs> which came from Kentucky. So I don't know if this is how all those are going to be done. It might have just been, you know, I, Kellen Grady was someone who probably did not have a big inner circle in high school. You know, not a lot of people involved in his recruitment. I mean, he ended up at Davidson. When I went back and looked at his high school recruiting profile, I believe uh, Northwestern was his only Power 5 offer. So this is, you know not someone who is being recruited at the highest levels out of high school. So you'll probably have some other recruitments where some more things will leak out, the more people who are involved. So I'm not saying everything is going to be done. You know, I'm not saying you can be breaking all, every uh, possible addition, but you no, know, to be able to have that in the fold and have Kellen there. I mean, uh, I like it a lot. I was watching this game and I only watched highlights so far. I want to go back and watch some like full games, maybe find some games. They played power five teams and check it out. Is, is there anyone you would compare him to? I was trying to figure out a comp for him. Yeah, I, I don't. I've not watched enough of him yet to really get a comparison. I want to watch, like you said, some actual games. Well, I can tell you some other guys who are on here. Um, one of the guys on the profile that I think people will be familiar with, and this is just based on numbers on Ken Palm, but uh, Jordan Bowden from Tennessee. Jordan Bowden's senior year at Tennessee, he he was a little bit comparable. And I don't know. I mean, take that for what it's worth. I'm not saying it's, that they're exact players. This is just uh, using Ken Palm's, all of his metrics or whatever you want to say, 
those were players who were comparable. And that was just from his senior year. He's had other years. Uh, Isaac Hamilton, I believe, played at UTEP. I believe that name. UCLA, sorry. Isaac Hamilton played at UCLA. But Malcolm Lee, um, he was someone who played also at UCLA. So there's some guys, if you remember them, from college basketball. I don't know quite who I would watch him and say. I mean, I don't – I know he went to Davidson because he wanted to be like Steph Curry whenever I watch him play. And, again, we're talking about probably the best shooter ever (laughs) to to play. I mean, one of anyway. So it's obviously high praise there to compare him to anybody like that. I'm not saying that's who he is. Um, But, no, he can fill it up. And I'll be curious – I want to know who's going to be distributing the ball to him. I want to know what kind of lineups they can put out there. I, I like the thought of Dante Allen at three and Kellen at two. And if I mean, even if it is Mintz, someone like Mintz, if you can have it's him a solid up the shooting one, lineup. It, yeah, that's good. It's really solid. No matter who you're playing at the four, because I think, you know, most of the time it will be Shibway at the five. So that part of it is, is pretty intriguing. Um, but I still think one or even two more guys, depending on who leaves, who, who stays, whatever. I think two more guys so you can feel really good with shooting the ball. We'll leave that as an area, Sean, where there is – you don't have any doubts about it. Because as of now, to be honest with you, like – and I, I think they're still going to add people. But, like, as of now, I would say, yeah, they're still a little thin probably shooting the ball. So whoever else they add via the transfer portal, I think they need to have that aspect of it. Uh, and, again, that's not even knowing how Nolan Hickman will perform. He, he could come in and be a, a much better shooter than maybe I think he might be. I don't really know. So – it just doesn't need to be a weakness next year. I guess. No. you got to get to a point where it's better. I'm going to make a prediction. Every piece that John Calipari adds will be able to shoot the basketball. I really yeah. think so. I really think that that's going to be the focus this offseason when it comes to filling out this roster because of the guys returning. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Dante Allen was clearly the one that could really shoot the basketball. I mean, you know, Lance Ware's not known for being able to stretch the floor. Jacob Toppin's <laughs> not known for being able to stretch the floor. And what we saw Devin Askew in one season wasn't enough with three-point shooting. So you need that, and you got it in this one. I think they're going to get another one uh, that will be able to shoot it. And it wouldn't surprise me, Derek, if if we if we don't get a decision on Davion Mintz coming back, let's just say Davion leaves, I still think they might add two pieces to the backcourt. I, I just don't know how it's going to be with the front court. I, I think the attention will go to the backcourt because I think Cal is going to look at the front court and kind of like what he has. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. I think so, too. I think if Davion leaves, that leaves you, depending on, okay, depending on who they add, 
just in terms of natural point guards, it would just be Hickman and Askew, and I don't think they're going to go into next season in that kind of scenario. So you could count on someone being a primary ball handler, and then I would still add someone else for sure on the wing. One other guy, wherever they may come from, I don't know. But that's what I would do. And I don't know if I have any – I guess I just can't see them adding – again, like I said earlier, I just think it gets very crowded if Mintz comes – unless you're just very committed to Mintz being off the ball next year, which he was for most of this year. But I don't know. Still, this is good. We finally have something to talk about. We have a clear view. Yep. Of what might be happening, but there's still a few more things that I would say need to happen before I give any prediction as to what the lineups would be or kind of how this thing's going to look. But there's no question what you said I thought was really important. I mean, you address the whole experience aspect. I can't remember who tweeted it. Uh, I would like to give them their credit. Maybe you'll know when I say this. It might have been Kyle, actually. Kentucky had something like four to 800 minutes played or something like that, and, and um, Grady had played 4,100 by himself. God. So let me see that tweet. That's that's big, though, while you're finding that. Just that is big in itself. And and Davidson's not a pushover program, Derek. I mean, they're no, they're, they're in the NCAA tournament regularly. I mean, it's, it's a program that you know, uh, well-coached, and they're known for having very skilled guards, guards that can shoot the basketball. And I, I think that that's what makes this such an exciting move for Kentucky. And it maybe signals that John Calipari is moving forward, filling out rosters differently. He's not looking for the guys that are going to put their, their elbows above the rim. He's he's going for the pieces that can put the ball in the basket because that is what ultimately wins games. you got to be able to score, and you got to be able to defend. Kentucky's still going to have length defensively. We already know that Damian Collins is going to uh, block shots. You know Oscar is a huge force on the block. They're going to have those long, lanky, lengthy guys. But when you can get them at 6'5", and that can shoot the basketball, there's so much that you can do with that as a basketball player and as a basketball coach. So the uh, the tweet was that Kentucky had 4,800 minutes of college experience this year. So obviously um, it was, that was mostly Mance and Saar, I guess, key on a little bit and then even topping a little bit. So, yeah. 4,100 minutes played in his career for – so me thinking about next year's roster, yes, they will have – well, one, they'll have more returnees at Kentucky than normal, and then two, bringing in a guy like that who's already played that many minutes, like you shouldn't have to worry about the, the experience factor as much next year, or really at all when you're thinking about UK terms anyway. I mean – Pretty much – I can't think of any lineup right now. I mean, Collins will play a lot, and he's you know going to be a – a guy who hasn't been at this level, but this is now, this is strong. This is strong stuff. Outside of the backcourt, you know, we'll get into this in future episodes. When it comes to intrigue and what is most intriguing to me about looking at next year's roster, will be does Damian Collins start alongside Sheboy, or do they split those two? Now, I think they will play some together, but if Cal rolls out a small ball lineup with a four-man, let's say it's Jacob Toppin or it's Bryce Hopkins or it's somebody they get from the portal, or Keon Brooks, if he decides to return, that could even scream more of a change for Cal Perry and like philosophy with some things that I think he might do. When you have guys that can shoot the basketball like Grady and Dante Allen 
and you put them both on the floor at the same time with a post like Shoeboy who just dominates so much and requires so much attention, can just kill the, the offensive glass, you can run action, Derek, and it makes it so much more difficult to defend because there's two dudes out there that you have to be aware of at all times that can shoot the basketball and knock it down. Like that changes everything, and then it even changes the way that you go rebound and you hit the offensive glass. So there's there, now you're starting to get to a roster that can put some pressure on you at all five spots. I just want to see how they fill it out. And the biggest thing for me will be who are they relying on as starters and what roles do these guys have? Are they going to have to rely on Devin Askew being really good as a sophomore? Or can that be a reserve role or something? Because that's the biggest thing that I'm going to look at now is how he pieces this as far as the guys that are going to lead and the guys that are going to have different roles. So hypothetically, if there was a time in the backcourt or, or just the rotation whenever in a game, Mintz, Grady, and Allen are in, could you pl- do you think it would work with Collins and Sheboy in together? I do. I do. Just, I think be- so too. I, just I think- because of the spacing, because you're going to have a big that's going to require – He's going to require some doubles with his size. And then if you don't double, then he's just going to kill you. I mean, at 6'10", 260, that, that's a big body. But if you do double, who are you doubling off of? I mean, yeah, sure, you can run you know, Collins' man at him, but you're talking about two knockdown shooters and a guard in Mintz who, sh- who showed late in the season that he can distribute and his assist numbers can go up. And obviously it's going to go up even more when you add a guy like Grady to the perimeter. Now I want to know now though, is, is Dante Allen going to come back in a reserve role or is this something that kind of Cal just looks and says that maybe he's good enough to start at the three? It all depends on who they add, Derek. I mean, what happens with Justin Powell in that situation, you know, two or three weeks ago, it looked like it was kind of moving towards Kentucky's favor, him being the first one to pull the trigger when it comes to the transfer portal. Um, I can still see, if they want Justin Powell and Justin Powell wants Kentucky, I still see a path to where he can be on this roster and start with Grady and the guys they have. I could see a perimeter that includes uh, Justin Powell and Kellen Grady together and then whoever you want to play at point guard. Yeah, I think so too. And I I, I think if you – I'll say this about the three spot. You're talking about Dante. I I think either – Whoever starts at that spot next year, I think it will be a guard or someone from the portal who we don't know yet who who can shoot the ball. I don't see Cal going back to Keon or top of the three to start no. a game. That's my opinion. So, I don't see at any point. I don't want it at any point for them to play a big at the three next year. Don't even do it for a minute or two. Like commit to playing a skilled player there that can shoot the basketball. And, heck, I and I would even be fine at times if you can get a, if you if your four man can shoot at some. We we've seen some highlight tapes of Bryce Hopkins shooting the basketball. Derek, can, if he can slide and play the four, then you could add some shooting. Does Jacob Toppin work on his outside shot this year and become a guy that can consistently? And I'm not talking 37, 38, 39 percent from three point range, but if he gets to where he could hit 30, 31 percent from the four spot, then you're talking about spacing the floor even more. Yeah, I, I would like to have see a four. Like I, I think Toppin or Keon, whoever if Keon comes back, 
one of those two guys, if they really improve on their jumper, I think you could see some lineups next year. You could truly go four out a little bit and have four guys on the floor who can hit, who can at least be a threat to knock down threes. And obviously at times this year, that was not, I mean, I actually almost all the time this year, that was not the case. No. So some more diversity on next year's roster will be good in terms of offensive skill sets. We've talked a lot. That's probably the phrase we've used a lot. I think Kellen is perfect in that regard. And now it's just kind of who's next, right? That's he's kind of he's what the perfect about. piece to build it around. When you're talking yeah. off-season work, it's, this is the perfect piece to build it around. It's the moment he went into the portal, it it became – it wasn't as much as a want. It was kind of a – you had to get him. Like that's the one guy you had to go get. And now you kind of look and see what you want to piece around it. You know, what happens with Davion Mintz? What happens with Keon Brooks? You Then you can kind of look at it. Uh, as it stands, Kentucky has three incoming freshmen. You can add Shoeboy to that, and now you can add Grady to that. So there's five pieces. Uh, four guys that we know of have announced that they're returning as it stands. Either their family have announced it or they've announced it on Instagram. So that gets it to nine roster players. That's without Keon Brooks and Davion Mintz making the decision. So there's some, there's still some scholarships open there, Derek. If if one of those guys comes back and gets it to 10, you could still see them adding multiple pieces via the portal. Yeah, so five new guys so far. Jimmy Dykes at eight. It's looking, it's looking possible. Still it is. Alive, right? uh, I, I I'd say at least seven minimum at this point for sure. They're I mean, getting to seven. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tell you I think they're gonna get to eight. I really do. And then it will be answered for sure, which I think it's the case it, anyway. But we'll and it wouldn't sure. shock me if it ends up being a high school piece that we don't even kind of know right now. If somebody if somebody decommits or something along those lines that that they get in on with a coach being fired or a coaching change or something like that, it wouldn't shock me if they go two from the portal and then one via the high school route. It, but it ha- I think it'll have to be somebody they like. I don't think – no one that gets added to this roster in the next few weeks I think will just be a roster filler. I think everyone that they get, they're going to go get them because they feel like they'll have a chance to contribute or bring yeah. something to the table. That's that's how I'm thinking. No question. This is a solid start, Sean. we got two episodes today. Had we known what the, today held, then we maybe would have held and, off earlier. And I will say this, don't dismiss the one that we recorded earlier. I know I said kind of disregard, but I was more saying disregard the name where I titled it, it Things Are Quiet with the Kentucky Basketball Program, because honestly, Derek, they were quiet. But go back and listen to it and get a laugh out of it, because here we are, and we mentioned that it could all happen in the next few hours, and sure enough, it did. But we were talking about how quiet it was, and our question was, are they doing something behind the scenes that we really don't know about? And obviously they were. And we talked to some UK baseball and some other sports. So I would recommend to go listen to that one as well. It's not a long one either. Yeah, go check it out. It helps us, obviously. Um, like, subscribe our podcast. Tell us, DM us, do whatever. Let us know what we can do better. Either way, Sean, it was good to have something else tonight to talk about. We can carry this in tomorrow. Perhaps more things will come out. Absolutely. Uh, but and kind of wonder. I don't know. They'll make him available. <clears throat> excuse me. At some point, won't they? Oh yeah, I would think so. Pretty yeah. Pretty soon. So we'll we'll have something from from Grady at some point when it when it comes down to later this spring or in the summer. 
Uh, but as always, this episode is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub with two locations, one in Palmville and one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, and then a third one coming April 15th to London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook for more information. Uh, but we'll be back on Tuesday to cover whatever happens around UK athletics and especially this uh, ongoing situation with the Kentucky men's basketball roster, Derek, that I am I'm absolutely sure is going to acquire a lot of attention, not just this week, but into the coming weeks and months. No question. Start of uh, what could be several dominoes, I would say, happened today. Absolutely. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.